Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Um, my guest today is Marco Pierboom. Uh, he's uh, part of Decred, the Decred organization. Marco, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. Thanks for taking the time. So um, uh, you're welcome. You know, let's just let's just start out. Tell me about Decred and uh, you know what what's the purpose of the company and what do you do there? Uh, so I am the project lead. Uh, that means all kinds of things. So I basically try to make sure that we have releases that go out the door that are verified and you know even work. No, sorry. So what what is what is Decred about? What's so, Okay, so Decred is a proof-of-work, proof-of-stake uh, hybrid system. So it's not your typical Bitcoin as you normally would have it. Um, so we do a little bit more. And what it essentially means, if I want to use not so many words, is that the stakeholders, so that those are people that hold Decred, are having an effect on the network, as in they can vote down uh, proof-of-work portions. What that means is that if there is a bad agent or a bad miner who's, uh, for example, um, uh, mining bad uh, or empty blocks, the proof of stakeholders could then vote down that block. In other words, overriding a proof of work person. So oh, wow. a pretty powerful solution, which uh, enables us to do some uh, some pretty neat things. How would um, so how fast would it happen? Let's say a miner mines an empty block. Uh, what would happen? Literally, what are the steps after that, and what would happen to that block and the block reward? Yeah. So um, so well, currently uh, everybody. Tell me about it. What, what's the intent? What's the purpose? And then we'll get into details. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I, I want to actually go go into that is because I I will work. Let me talk a little bit about hard forking. So um, one of the magical and cool things about Decred is that it is able to hard fork based on stakeholder voting. What does that mean? Uh, so our stakeholders, again, those are people that are holding Decred, can purchase tickets. And those tickets allow a stakeholder to vote. So in portions of the, so we have a permanent agenda, and that one is voting down the prior block. So this is where the bad agent comes in. So if if that miner is doing bad things, then people could start voting that block out. Okay. That said, the actual purpose of the stakeholder voting is to be able to hard fork, uh, but properly. So hard forking is not something that we are afraid of. It's in fact something that we have uh, embraced. And the idea is is that we can vote in consensus changes. So in other words, if there's if we want to upgrade the network to do something cool or new or better, then we actually write code, we deploy code, and then a voting period starts. So as the voting period uh, draws to an end, the votes are tallied, and if the change is adopted, then that code will trigger. In other words, it will potentially hard fork and uh, start executing that code as of the new block that 
finished the vote. Mm. We had a, um, a good example. Uh, we actually had a SDIF, so that is a difficulty algorithm for stakeholder purchasing of tickets. So they were wildly swinging in price, and that was undesirable. Oh. Um, the miners loved it because they could actually uh, get a, a bit more fees out of that system. So, But it was undesirable for the people, for the stakeholders. So what happened was is we redesigned the um, the stake difficulty algorithm and uh, we put it up for a vote and the stakeholders voted it in and even though that in Bitcoin would have been a pretty unwelcome change from the miners' perspective because they would lose on some fees, it passed uh, in Decred without too much issue um, and again because the stakeholders voted it in and they said yes we want that new algorithm. Hmm, okay. Is Bitcoin code modified or what's like where did it come from and again what's the intent of the whole system? Is it meant to be a, a cryptocurrency with interesting features or with a whole purpose? So um, back when we started working in the Bitcoin space, we developed a, um, a Bitcoin daemon called BTCD, which ultimately got renamed into BTC Suite. Um, that is a wildly used or widely used um, a Bitcoin, full Bitcoin node that um, several organizations have started using and still use as their, uh, as, as their Bitcoin daemon. So that said, um, we were not welcome in the space, the um, the core developers didn't like that we were developing a uh, alternative implementation, which is odd to me, but but that's the reality. That's where we ended up. And in 2013, we kind of saw that Bitcoin was going to come to a head in the future, where um, centralized power structures would take hold and, and and prevent certain things from happening. Ultimately, in Bitcoin, the miners have all the power, and therefore they can do whatever they want. And if they want fees, that means that they want smaller blocks, even though that is isn't healthy for the network. So we uh, we kind of felt that that was a an issue that was going to you know prop up in the future, and sure enough, it has right. And now we have two Bitcoin alternatives, or sorry, one Bitcoin alternative, and the second one is on the way. And I think that that's going to continue to happen because there is no mechanism within Bitcoin to vote and um, and ultimately you know activate some code or deactivate code or what have you. Right. So and, and Decred solves those those governance issues, and and that is what the Decred thing is, right? So we are a value store and a value transfer that has user uh, user-based governance. We are trying to put all the power into the stakeholders' hands. So the people that hold Decred should be the ones that decide uh, in which direction Decred the Decred network moves. Okay. Why not um, try to make it a fork of Bitcoin? Why its own uh, token with its own name? Uh, well, we started working on this in 2013, and um, and we wanted to start from a clean slate. The code is uh, forked from BTCD. I did not finish that thought earlier. Okay. So the um, so it, it is modified Bitcoin, if you will, although the modifications are pretty severe and you wouldn't recognize the code. Hmm. So is the whole goal of uh, a Decred to be a store of value, or does it have other uses? Well, it does have other uses, but... But the, the primary goal is to have a properly governed uh, cryptocurrency. That is the uh, the ultimate goal here. What about offering your uh, your governance model to other tokens? Have you thought about that, or is this just going to stick with Decred and you're going to be the test head to see how it works? So so we are going to stick with Decred. So the the code changes to enable voting and uh, in hard forking and all that stuff. That is that is a non-trivial amount of code, and it is also mm-hmm. very much non-trivial from a um, 
from a complexity perspective. So it's not like you could just lift out that code out of our implementation and apply it elsewhere. Okay. How big is the uh, the Decred network right now? Like how many uh, you know, transactions happen a day and you know, how big is it? Oh my goodness, that is a number that I am not completely familiar with. I, I, I usually don't look at the um, at those stats on a daily basis. We are valued, I think, today at around 200 million, 210 million, you know, at, at coin market cap. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I don't know the, the exact number on that, honestly. Okay. And what about the uh, the users and the holders of Decred? Have you profiled them? Are they different from you know, Bitcoin type holders? Or are they, uh, are they a special breed or a special sliver of people that just love the model you have, the governance model? Uh, so I'd say that we have a large group of people that appreciate our community. So our community is very welcoming. Uh, it's very non-confrontational. Um, so obviously there's people with opinion, but um, but it's not an ugly type um you know scenario that you see on Bitcoin forum, for example. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very um, friendly community, if you will. So that said, there's a lot of folks that that really appreciate that bit of it. So then you have, of course, the the larger people, you know, larger holders that don't really participate in the community and just hold um, coin because they believe in in what we're doing. Right. So we see a bit of a spectrum, if you will. So have you had uh, bad actors test the system unwittingly on Decred? You know, maybe any examples of uh, major things happening and forks happening in Decred that you survived? And, you know, um. We've had a bug that was ugly and was fixed within two or three hours, if I recall correctly. So uh, bugs happened. That was unfortunate. We actually tend to spend quite a bit of time on, on validation code. So usually we write actually more validation code than we write actual code. So that one was a uh, unfortunate. It, it slipped through and you know the, the network ceased for a couple of hours and then it moved forward after we fixed the bug. So that, that was very unfortunate. But we uh, we try very, very hard to prevent those from happening. Okay, very good. So you said, uh, so what, what are some of the ways in which um, miners or other people could be bad actors and how does your system counteract it? Let's get into that a little bit. So, for example, what I said earlier, right, is the, um, if miners start uh, mining empty blocks, that that would be bad for us, right, and for the network because the network doesn't move forward and they just want to collect the reward. So we have actually several um, bits and pieces that would make that unattractive. So part of the reward for miners is that the if you have to call the votes, so calling the votes basically means that every block has somewhere between three to five votes. And you want five votes because you get a fraction of the reward is based on the people that are voting. So if, as a miner, if you don't get all the votes, you're going to lose out on some part of the reward. So therefore, you want to have those uh, re- those votes on there. So if you're trying to have less votes, then you're going to get less of the reward. Does it make sense? So you have a minimum of three and a maximum of five. And, and your reward is based on and those people voting. So if you, if, if you would try try to mine a block without any votes, it would be rejected outright. So the, the least you could do is have three votes on the block, and then you would only end up uh, with uh, what is it, uh, three-fifths of the reward instead of the five-fifths that you could get. Well, how do stakeholders um, know how to cast, you know, how do they, do they have to sit there at computers and watch the blocks being mined in order to cast their vote, or how do, do they set rules, or how do they determine, how is this automated? So there's going to be, there's a multi-pronged answer is what I'm trying to say, but the um, currently we have a permanent agenda, and that one is to vote down the prior block. So currently everybody is by default uh, always voting that in. We do not have the code in place to change that easily for a user. So you would have to actually uh, mess around a little bit. Um, what we do with votes is we actually create a voting agenda and then that agenda can be voted on. So that is currently working and uh, exposed to the users. So for example, when we did the STIF algorithm that I was talking about earlier, 
we actually created an agenda and you can see that one. And you can ask questions and that, and that one is actually directly linked into the blockchain. So the DCRD daemon, so the, the decred daemon, the consensus daemon, has the agendas baked into the code. So a user can query them mm -hmm. and see what they are and then set the according vote bits. And they can do that in their wallets. So for voting, you have to be online 24-7 so that you're, when your vote is called, you can vote. So in order, so most people obviously are not having their wallets sitting online 24-7. So what most people do is they use stake pools. So stake pools are uh, sort of the same thing as mining pools. So you basically um, give a third party the ability to provide your votes when called. So they cannot okay. vote on your behalf because you have set those values already. Um, so they cannot take your money. They cannot take your reward. So the only thing they can do is just deliver the votes to uh, the miner once the value is called. Okay. Does that answer it, or do you it, need more detail there? Yeah, no, it answers it. It's more, I guess it's like, um, you know, voting by exception, where, um, you know, you set your parameters, you know what's going to happen for the most part, and there are triggers that if uh, untoward or weird things happen, you could also set parameters. Oh, okay, if this happens, if an empty block is mined, I automatically say no, for instance, that kind of stuff. Right. You could. You, so what we need to do, actually, is add the uh, the policy button for that one, so that you can say, if, if these three things happen in the block, we want to vote it down. Gotcha. Right? So, but the agendas... Um, go ahead. So the, but the agendas are physically uh, tied to the blockchain, right? That, that's the thing to, to, that, that needs to come across. So um, when we actually did the SDF algorithm, we also had an LN one. So in, um, we basically had a, a vote to gauge if people had interest in getting LN into Decred. So LN being Lightning Network. Okay. So that was a exception, though. So we use that as a signaling mechanism, and we actually do not want to have signaling votes ever on the blockchain. So, but we did that for two reasons. One of them is uh, we are we were going to spend a whole bunch of time writing Lightning Network implementations, right? And in that, we needed to basically know that the community wants it before spending a whole bunch of development dollars on actually doing that. Secondly, mm -hmm. is we did not have our proposal system in place, which is going to be the portion that does signaling type votes. So signaling is not what we want to do on the on the on the blockchain. What we want to do on the blockchain are pure hard forking votes or that actually require code. So in other words, we write all the code for a uh, for a for a change, and then the code lies dormant inside the daemon um, up until the vote happens. And then if the the vote is positive, then the code gets activated. If the um, if the vote is negative, then the code never gets activated, and then it basically becomes dead code. And then it needs to be removed from the from the daemon. So in other words, once the voting window closes, the code is either going to be activated or not ever be used. Okay. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. What are, what other um, contingency plans do you have in place for um, bad actors or problems happening based on what you've seen? So far, so good, I, I want to say. But of course, as we are growing, we're going to see probably more attacks. But um, the it is very expensive to fork Decred because of the voting that always occurs despite an agenda or not. So if there is no agenda, there's still five votes per block. People want to uh, vote because they get Decred in return for voting. So stakeholders, actually, we call it staking, um, can get a return on, on their votes. So a lot of folks are voting and, and we need those votes to to continue because we need to be able to vote down the the prior block so that's again that's the permanent agenda so that is always going on and there's a lot of folks that basically stake in order to you know to get their rewards and then when there's an agenda they can actually set their voting bits accordingly so that um, the vote will actually happen or not and what's the uh, approximate reward the stake
staking rate or staking reward? Um, so people are talking about, uh, so there's actually calculators out there, but I'm hearing the last number I heard was 2.1% compound interest per month. So it's pretty significant. <laughs> yeah, it so is. Therefore, yeah. yeah. So therefore, folks are very interested in the staking mechanism just for purely, you know, voting aside just, you know, to get that reward. So we have a pretty good incentive uh, built in into the blockchain for folks to be involved in, in the voting mechanism. Okay, gotcha. Um, how many, uh, how much decred do uh, people need in order to be able to stake and to vote? So that number was varying violently, very violently back in the day. Uh, we saw somewhere between 20 decreds to 220 decred. Um, currently, it's it's hovering in the 65 to 75 range, or really in the 68, 69 range. So about 70 decred is what you need. In it, and with the new SDIF algorithm, it, it seems to remain constant around there. There's actually a pretty good website to visualize that called dcrstats.com. So basically okay. one word, and uh, and it shows you, and actually if you go back in time, you can see the, the volatility that existed, and now you see a pretty nice flat line after the uh, the code got activated. Are there different levels of staking? If you have more than a certain amount of token that you stake at a faster rate, or you get more votes? Um, so the latter. So the more decred you have and the more you're willing to stake, the more votes you get. So somebody with a thousand decred can vote harder than a, than a person with a hundred decred because you could buy uh, more tickets, which enable you to vote. Mm. So and and I want to point out immediately that that is a design feature and not a uh, that is how we wanted to do it. This is this is not a democracy. Uh, one person, one vote. This is one ticket, one vote. So and the reason for that is is that if you have a business uh, based on decred and somebody proposes something silly that would destroy your business, that would not be good for you. And therefore, you need to have the ability to quote-unquote vote harder than someone who's, who's who may even potentially be a bad actor. Well, what happens to uh, people with you know a substantial amount of capital? They can buy a whole bunch of decred and then sway the system how they want with their votes. Well, we are hoping that there's enough um, people out there that, that hold decred and that are staking, and therefore that won't happen. There is an unquestionable... Uh, it is unquestionable that, that somebody who has a whole bunch of... A whale could vote harder, right? Because they could just purchase more tickets. The thing to realize, though, is that the ticket that is going to get called is completely random. So, um, so and there's always five tickets per block. So if somebody, you know, holds, let's say, 10 tickets and one person holds one ticket, right, and that would be the entire pool, so you would have 11 tickets total, right? Um, well, let's use nine and one, right? So the, the chances of the one ticket being called was, would be 10%, right? Hmm. So but the idea is we, we actually have a pool that hovers around 41,000, and that's a magical number for us. Uh, the 41,000 means that 99.5% of the tickets will vote because they can't expire after four and a half months or so of sitting idle. On average, they vote every 28 days, uh, each ticket. So anyway, so but 41,000 is a pretty significant amount of uh, tickets and also a pretty significant amount of decred that needs to be staked for that pool to remain around that value. So and so far we have seen, we we are currently seeing a, a pretty wide uh, variety of people that are that have tickets in our um, staking. So right. yes, uh, bigger stakeholders have more influence, but it's, it's not a, um, it would not work to go buy 40,000 more tickets because the price would shoot up. On the amount that you can, uh, you can you know, or stake? So um, a as you buy more tickets, uh, it's, it's supply and demand, right? So as you
as you buy more tickets, the price is going to go up. So at one point, mm. you, you are going to run out of the credit. That, that, is, okay. that is essentially what it boils down to. So again, we are, we are trying really, really hard to keep that ticket pool at 41000 So if you're buying a whole bunch of decred, your price would shoot up. And, um, gotcha. and, and, and then, you know, until the, the ticket pool is depleted again until it reaches 41000 which brings the price back down. Does that make sense? Okay. So it, yeah. So, in, in, so, so there is a supply-demand uh, algorithm in there to make sure that the tickets, you know, remain around 41000 We try that really hard. We make it very unattractive to buy tickets when it isn't. Right. Okay. All right. So just last couple of questions. Um, what, what's on your guys' roadmap in the next six months to a year? Where are you going with everything? We are working very hard getting Lightning Network in. Um, that is actually looking to be relatively close. So before the end of the year, we are hoping to actually be able to activate uh, Lightning Network and mm-hmm. maybe even being able to uh, do atomic swaps between Litecoin and Decred. Oh, no. uh, I'm, yeah, so that, that's going to be pretty cool. I'm, I'm not sure if there's anybody else out there that has done it yet, an, an actual atomic swap. Uh, we may be the first ones on that. I, I, I would have to verify that. As far as I know right now, nobody has done it yet. So we are kind of racing towards being the first on that. So that is a, a huge deal. Uh, so the other big thing that we are working on is the proposal system. And the proposal system is a um, is a signaling mechanism. So the other coins that talk about governance, what they actually have are signaling mechanisms, and they do actually not have dormant code that gets activated as a vote passes. So what, what they are voting on is, we really would like to have feature X, and then somebody needs to actually go write feature X and then maybe implement it in the future and then get it in, in the daemon. So right. whereas in Decred, what we're trying to accomplish is, with the proposal system, is that everybody is allowed to make a proposal Although probably for a nominal fee, just to you know keep uh, garbage out of the system. Um, okay. And and then the the idea is that so somebody makes a proposal and then once the proposal has been vetted, so it, it's basically been published. Um, that proposal then uh, so all the ticket holders currently in the mempool, so all forty thousand or so tickets that are sitting in the mempool will be able to vote to signal if they want that uh, feature or if they if we should spend decred on marketing or or if we should uh, hire that guy, or whatever the, the, the question is the community signals what it wants, right? So the community makes a proposal and then the community actually determines if that proposal is going to get funded or not. And the idea is to make that fully okay. automated. So as in uh, Company Zero has no longer any uh, ruling over that. That is going to be... Um, the idea is for that to become completely community-driven. So th- okay, that well, system is uh, also supposed to be live by the end of the year. Those are the two big things. So we always, ha- always have you know a, a bunch of uh, bug fixes and we're trying to make the wallets as user-friendly as possible. Um, we got some critique from the community, which was very helpful in finding the pain points, so what people find hard to use with our wallets. So and we have been putting uh, significant amounts of effort into making that easier to use and, and you know, and just shoring it all up portion. So um, we actually have a roadmap that we have published, and the community uh, can look at it and comment on it and critique it. Um, and not too long ago, we actually we made an update to our roadmap and so we, we remove the things that we've delivered. And so we, we tend to do this every couple of months. We basically uh, do sort of a status report 
plus what has changed through the roadmap. So go on over to our Slack and our forums and in our, our website, and this stuff is all pretty easy to find, and then you can read up on it and, and comment. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is how can listeners find out more about Decred? Do they need an invite to the Slack? Where can they get you know added to it? What's the website, et cetera? Okay, so the easiest place to start is decred.org. So start working on that, read your way through that, and then uh, the rest should pop out of it. There is no invite for Slack. You're welcome. Uh, if you start spamming, you're no longer welcome, and we will delete you. So <clears throat> we do not like toxic uh, members, so we actively remove them. So we are, uh, and, and now I'm going to say something contradictory to that. So we are also people that fully believe in um, in no censorship, and I can go into quite a bit of detail on how the proposal system is going to not be censoring, even though it's going to prevent certain things from getting published due to now if something is just blatantly racist. Now we don't want to, uh, you know, just put it out there on on, on you know on our uh, proposal system. But um, we are going to provide mechanisms for the person that submitted that proposal to pull that proposal back out and show the world that uh, that person was censored. And then an argument can be had if that was fair or not. Does it make sense? Though? So we are we, we are very actively uh, not anti-censorship, uh, but we are not going to tolerate toxic uh, participation in the community. So please join us on Slack. Okay. It's uh, there's a lot of friendly folks with all we have all kinds of different channels for whatever thing you like to uh, to debate. Hey okay, Marco, well so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you to let me uh, do my little spiel. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 